following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Straight out of Compton, Cool and Luke, Little Rascals, Jurassic Park, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Rebels, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Batteries Not Included, The Transporter, The Matrix, and... Blade Runner. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a Disney Plus limited series and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots, dinosaurs, or a big floating pile of rocks that you can throw like boulders, like, yeah, like baseballs. Um, I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, uh, Jason Carubia, welcome back to the show, Jason. Good afternoon. So glad to be back. And this is the final, final podcast of Robots vs. Dinosaurs with Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. We are talking about episode six of Obi-Wan Kenobi, part six, the finale. Uh, it is, I just finished watching it and I'm on cloud nine. I'm on uh, cloud city. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it so much. And it, I, I was just saying right before we were recording, like this was um, it, it was such a good finale that it made the whole series better. What did you how how did you overall feel about the episode in the series? Uh, the, you know, it was a it was an episode that put a nice little um, ribbon uh, onto the series. It packaged it well and and uh, it made you have all the feels of, of what you want in uh, setting up what is going to be the rebellion and setting up what is going to be, you know, um, uh, Star Wars, you know, episode four. But it, it leaves me wanting more. I totally want more. You want more of this show? Like, would you, would you want them to do a, a, a season two? I mean, they left off right where it got good with Luke. You know, right, right where you start to see Luke starting to become um, aware of the Empire, aware of, you know, he gets the speeder. He gets mm-hmm. the T... T sixteen speeder, and so like you want him to, you know, uh, join up with with Biggs and shoot Womp Rats in in Beggars Canyon. You know, you want to you want to see him do that. But what's and, the uh, what's the story there? What's the drama? Like, what makes it worth watching? All of that. So all his friends are getting in not enlisted basically into the Empire, and uh, inc- and um, some of them uh, get swayed into joining the rebellion and so there's definitely a story there of of luke uh becoming an adult because it's a coming of age story um where he has to make some of these choices and and learn about what's happening there's the scenes that were deleted from um empire strikes back for example with with biggs uh where they talk about you know the their time at tatooine Mm -hmm. um those could very well be explored uh, in in a, a Obi Wan Kenobi two series, and Obi Wan that... would have to be the you know protagonist, but he could definitely be that guiding influence. Um, but wouldn't that create kind of a, a Boba Fett situation where you've got like you know the series is called Obi Wan, but he's not even in several episodes. It's just Luke. Like, why not just make a Luke show at that point? Yeah, it couldn't. It doesn't have to be 
called Obi-Wan Kenobi. It could be called Young Luke or something like that. I was actually thinking, like, while I was watching this episode, there's, there's like, a cut you could make if you went through this series and just cut only, like, the Darth Vader Obi-Wan stuff. Uh, this this series makes for a good, like, episode 3.5. Um, right. It's just... I mean that that was obviously the intent of it, but they just they did, like you like you listed they did so many things uh, that they didn't need to do in a series focusing on this one character, like setting up the beginning of the rebellion and you know talking about like all of Leia's origin and and how she be- becomes the rebellion leader that she becomes. Um, and they yeah they they just they did so many things well and advanced the story and filled in gaps that didn't need to be filled in, but just did that so well that it really feels more, the saga feels more complete to me after watching this. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it gives a little, as you, as we talk about echo to the uh, episode four and episode three, you know, kind of, it kind of bridges them um, a little bit better, but I'm also wanting more because I want to know what Reva is going to do. Um, and I also want to know what the new rebellion is going to do as well. Um, uh, quite, um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi gave explicit orders to Roken, you know, and, and I, I want to see if he follows them. Um, we were introduced to all these characters, you know, uh, um, Roken and Haja and, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, keep, keep forgetting her name. <laughs> Uh, the girl from uh, Pen Thirteen, Sullivan, Sully, Sully. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so, she was ever called Sullivan, just Sully. <laughs> just Sully. Yeah, and she and um, we're introduced to these characters and and also the Inquisitors, of course. But we so, want to we want to see you know, what happens to them after these events because they're not in four, five, six. I agree with you. I do want more. I think I think the way I'm looking at it is all of those characters, all of those elements that were introduced here. Those will would work if they showed up on Ahsoka because Ahsoka. We I want to see where Ahsoka ends up during this time period and what she's doing. Um, okay. Even though Rebels kind of explored that a little bit, I want to see that in the live action series. Uh, I, I could see Roken and the rest of this budding rebellion showing up on her show, maybe showing up on Andor, which is in this time period. Um, so they have this whole expanded universe and sandbox that they can throw these stories into. I think yeah. specifically when it comes to Obi-Wan, I feel completely satisfied about, mm. like, knowing, like, going back and exploring this little time period in his life um, before he was just, you know, old old Uncle Ben in the desert. But now, like, they I don't know, they've led right into him kind of resigning himself to that. And... Again, I, I when this show started, I didn't feel like it was a necessary thing. We like we didn't we didn't need this to answer any questions that were unanswered. But now that it exists, I, I feel like if you're going to watch the Star Wars saga, this is a very a necessary piece of it. You can't skip it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, I don't I don't feel like I need more Obi Wan specifically. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, his character arc, yeah, definitely has. Um, come to a close. You know, he's he's made those changes, and we can talk about this probably later on. Um, it's, uh, the changes that happen in Obi Wan um, from beginning, middle, and end of of this series. 
Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like we don't need to see him fulfill any type of destiny role anymore. Like he, he's, he's done it. You know, he's, he's protected these children. Um, you know, he's tried his best to bring balance to the force and, uh, and, and, you know, but there's other characters in there as well that, that could benefit from his, his wise teachings. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind if he pop, popped up on somebody else's show. Mm. Um, but I just, I don't, yeah, I don't want a season two Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just want them to make more, explore the more, explore these, these other new characters. Cause they're, they, this show did a great job of making me like, uh, Tala a lot and making me like, um, Roken a lot and Sully yeah. for the brief period of time that we got to meet all these people. Mm. Uh, so yeah, like let them have a continued, um, life. Let them be the main focus too. You know, more mm. so than Obi-Wan. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's get into this episode. Uh, so once again, directed by D. Chow, written by Jay Harold. Uh, we got Ewan McGregor, James Earl Jones, and Hayden Christensen. You know, such an amazing blend of their voices. Um, Moses Ingram, Vivian Lyra Blair, and uh, whoever played... Um, Baru, she got some 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 big moments in this episode. And yeah, this is the most they, Baru we've ever seen. It's great. We didn't have <laughs> she didn't really say much in the first episode, but she kind of steals the show uh, later on, and and uh, she's very pivotal in the plot and storyline and convincing um, uh, Owen to you know to stand up and fight, you know, and defend their home. And, and, uh, this is, it's not the, the first time that she's probably done that too. So she's, she's made this conscious choice. We know of it at least twice here. And then of course the tragic events of episode four, which led to, uh, Luke joining the rebellion. Um, uh, so this was, the actress was Bonnie Piesi, um, who was also in star Wars episode two and star Wars episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, uh, let me check my notes, Baru Lars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, she's been in a lot of other stuff too. Uh, anyway, yeah, she like, yeah, I've never seen, um, it's funny. Like I, I actually, I have, I happen to have an Aunt Baru action figure because there, <laughs> there was a time when I was like trying to collect literally every action figure, like in the nineties and like I have Pokemon an, cards. Yeah. I have an Aunt Baru and it's one of the only ones that doesn't come with a blaster of some sort. Like almost all of the Kenner and, or Hasbro action figures come with like a variety of blasters, whether Does or not come with that a- character would ever use one. Baru doesn't come with one. What were you going to say? Does it come with a blue cup of milk or something? Or? It actually does, and a droid, like a like a farm droid, like a um, evaporator droid or something like that. That's great. That is yeah. great. <laughs> but now I really like it. Should come with a gun. <laughs> yeah, it should, well, not just a gun, like a like a sawed off shotgun uh-huh. that she has <laughs> hidden in a wall, little wall cubby. <laughs> um, okay, so those that those are our stars for the episode. The episode starts with. Uh, Tatooine, and there's some Jawas, some droids, whatever. Um, and there are people waiting in line for water, and this guy cuts in line. He's a bully. And Reba is is in line, and she, like, force smacks the water out of his hand. And she goes up to the guy um, giving out water, and she says, I'm looking for a farmer named Owen. Yeah, um, and and this is this is not just any guy. This is this is the, um, the meat warden that... that Obi-Wan was working for. Oh, is it? So he's the also one, a water warden? 
is is not a water warden. Uh, he's you know so the the guy that's working uh, is is selling water from oyster farmers. Okay, but the guy that cuts okay. the line, the guy that cuts the line is the meat warden. The one that, that's the meat warden. Yeah, the one that didn't give the credits to the other guy in the oh, episode no. one. Uh, and uh, so you know he's not a nice guy. So uh, you don't feel too bad for warden. him. <laughs> the meat a... warden. <laughs> But but uh, yeah, the Tatooine Square where you know they sell cups of water. So yeah. uh, we we see this this this, uh, this cart salesman. Apparently, it's uh, farm to table water mm-hmm. that uh, was from the moisture farmers in it's, area. It's and, from Lar- uh, Lars Farm. Lars, Lars Farm, farm water. directly sourced. <laughs> and uh, but uh, before before we get this scene, um, we get the of course that intro that Disney slapped on this episode again. You know that there are certain scenes of fictional series that viewers may find upsetting. So you know there's going to be some graphic violence that happened here. Um, they describe the episode. I don't know if you see it because I don't want to give any spoilers away. They describe the episodes in 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 Disney Plus app. They say the action-packed special event finale. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. So they don't tell you anything about it, just that it's Which action. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. They also amended the opening with droids as well. So now we see at the opening, Ned B show up, the gonk droid, C-3PO, then Kylo Ren, a rebel pilot, R2-D2, Mandalorian, Lola, and Darth Vader. So we have a, a this huge catalog of new and old droids um, from uh, all movies, except for episode. Well, I mean, you consider R two T two and C three PO episode one, two, and three. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but nothing unique to those those movies. That's awesome. I love yeah. Ned B. Yeah, Ned B's joined the group. Miss, miss him already. Yeah. Maybe we'll get more Ned B. Maybe we we'll get a Ned B prequel. Maybe that's what we yeah. can see. Like we'll a tall We'll, we'll Ned find B. out the real origins of her, where actually we thought it went all the way up to Boss Nass, but it was Dexter <laughs> Jetster working for Boss Nass, who was working for a mouse droid that uh, is like disguised. Um, it's actually like a very advanced CPU uh, operating on an Empire base, which is working for Tala. That's why in episode. Four at the end, she shoots the mouse droids yep. as they're escaping onto the snow speeders. You nailed it. That's exactly. Yeah, everyone thought that was like a minor cutaway, like just background moment. But that was the most pivotal thing setting up the next series. And, you know, astute viewers picked that up. And that's why we're here on Robots vs. Dinosaurs to zoom in on things like that. We've got all the deep Easter eggs. Uh, so, um, there, so there's, so all of this stuff on Tatooine is intercut with, uh, this really cool space sequence where this, uh, Star Destroyer is chasing the transport. Vader is on the bridge, increased firepower, uh, Mm -hmm. immediately lower Vader. And they, they, they're shooting at it. Um, they're... Roken, they, on, on the transport, Roken says the hyperdrive is almost ready, but he needs time to fix it. They're heading for someplace called Tessin. And uh, then, yeah, then we cut to some Tatooine stuff. So. Yeah, Obi-Wan realizes he is, we're not going to Tessin, aren't we? And uh, in, uh, Roken says, yeah, the motivator shot, power couplings are bad, shields won't hold forever, they won't last forever. Um, and, uh, and Obi-Wan asks, how much more time do we need, you know? Um, and then in Roken says more than we have. And so mm-hmm. Obi-Wan comes up with a plan, uh, to 
uh, distract them. And because ultimately all they really want is Obi-Wan mm -hmm. uh, to distract them and leave. And uh, and um, we'll see this in a later later scene here. But but he's devising this this plan right now. But he does approach Leia in the scene here who is yeah. showing showing Lola uh, to a few of the scared force sensitive children. Um, and she says they're scared. Uh, she helps keep their mind off of it. And, uh, and then Obi-Wan has this touching moment. He says, maybe I should borrow her too. Yeah. No. Which sets up that later on she like sneaks it into his robes or, or something. Yeah. Is Obi no, I don't think Obi-Wan is scared. Um, cause he's a, he's a Jedi Knight, you know, he's seen battle before, but I think it's because he needs to keep his mind occupied and off of the uh, tragic events that could be happening and, and needs to stay focused. And, and I think that's, that's, that's what he's implying because something good, something joyful, something to keep his mind away from the darkness. Cause we kind of see that later on in the episode. I don't think he's scared, but just keep him centered on something. I, I agree with you, but I think I would put in different words like he he is scared, but it's the thing Ned Stark is say, famous for saying on Game of Thrones. Like when you're scared, that's the only time you can be brave. And I think the mm. difference is Obi-Wan as a Jedi is able to process fear and acknowledge yeah. it and process it differently. Because like Yoda says, you know, anger uh, leads to or fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And and that's because if you like, you know, if you're if you try to cover your fear with anger by getting angry, if you respond to it by getting angry, it leads to all those other things. But as a Jedi, if you're able to think it through, process it and like admit that you're scared, I, which I feel like is what he's doing here. It's a different way to deal with it because um, it's like an unavoidable thing. And sure. I think he's, it's like he's like he's using his fear, you know, to like. Yeah rather than Poss responding to his fear. Possibly, possibly. There's a couple moments later on in the episode where he has those those kind of fear moments. Mm -hmm. And the, what he does, it's very specific. And we'll go over to that in, a little bit in the later on events of the episode. But he, he kind of uses uh, the goodness, um, the light to guide him. And, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, he also gives Leia uh, Tala's ho holster that Roken had found. And she's like, it's empty. And he's like, I wasn't going to give you a blaster, Leia. You're 10 years old. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> uh, and then, um, yeah, this, so then she gives him Lola. And uh, he, when he's when Obi-Wan is alone, he's waiting for them to jump away in his, like, smaller transport inside the transport. Uh, he tries to reach out again to Qui-Gon. Um, he says, I have to face him. Whether, whether he dies or I die, this ends... This ends today, which is not true. Uh, he seems resolved about this, but, you know, you and I have seen the rest of the series, so we already knew this, but right. it ends up being not true by the end of the episode. Right. Yeah. The, whether he dies or I dies, uh, he says, I have, to, I have to face a master. Yeah. Whether he dies or I dies and today. None of that is true. Um, but but he doesn't know the future. He doesn't have the clairvoyance to say um, he just needs to end these events right now. But there's there's a couple of, of really touching um, lines that that are that they have when they're you know arguing over whether Obi-Wan should leave or not. Of course, Leia is yelling at him that she doesn't want him to leave. I'm not letting you to go. Um, and uh, the mother from the first episode, uh, the second episode with Haja is there with the ch forced child. And she says, what happened to all of us staying together? Um, mm -hmm. Just kind to re re 
uh, mind Obi-Wan that he made a, a oath to protect these people. Um, and then Obi-Wan said, and, um, Obi-Wan says, uh, you spent 10 years protecting the Jedi. He says this to Roken. This is my chance to return the favor. And then he turns to Roken and, 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 sa- and the, the group, he addresses the entire ship and he says, mm-hmm. you are all the future. Mm-hmm. You are the future. You're what needs to survive. And he's kind of, you know, uh, in- inspiring them to, to be, you know, the, the, re- the rebellion and, and to protect the force and, and to be um, what, what needs to happen for the future to, to exist. And, and, um, <laughs> then- and that's bookended later when he's like, the future will take care of itself. Right. Exactly. Um, of course, Leia is distraught and she runs away. She's like, no, no, I'm not letting you. And, 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 and Haja says, I find she needs to be given space. So, <laughs> and ladders. She needs, she and, needs ladders, ladders sometimes. <laughs> right. Like, uh, get the girl a ladder. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, you know, he, he can get the girl a ladder, but he can't get her a gun. Okay. You have to wait till you're older. <laughs> You trust me? I trust her. Get her the ladder. <laughs> but the yeah, greatest he, he, line in this whole series. It, it is. I want. I, as, I want that as a T-shirt. I really do. Get her yeah. the ladder. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Sorry. But but Haja, uh, he asks Haja. He says, "You must promise me to get her home, Haja, as soon as I am in the clear. You know, I'll, I'll, he's going to come back. Um, but." Uh, as soon as he's in the clear and then he haja says uh, you have my word although i know the word of a liar a fake jedi may not mean that much to you uh and then obi-wan says nope it's good enough for me because he yeah. trusts haja you know he yeah. has a lot of faith in haja at this um, point why wouldn't you yeah why wouldn't you um but yeah so they they, they have this kind of understanding that obi-wan's gonna leave them and possibly not return mm. I, and I like uh, what he says to Roken. He, he says, you know, there's not there's not many leaders left. People follow you. Don't stop. And right. uh, this is what Roken would say if he was a talking action figure. I'm just getting started. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, that's how we know that he's uh, going to be in season two or have his own show or show up on another show. Yep. Um, and Vader... So Vader is on his ship, and this is the classic, classic Saturday morning cartoon villain thing where they're, it, they're in this huge Star Destroyer. They have tons of, of guns that they're firing at this transport. Um, the transport's heading towards... They know where it's pretty, pretty much where it's heading at this point. And Obi-Wan breaks off in a smaller transport, and the and Grand Inquisitor tries to have reason and be like, uh, yeah, we can't just stop... Uh, we could we could wipe out this whole entire unit if we just continue pursuing them instead of your one dude that you're obsessed with. And Vader's like, nah, belay that. We're going after the one dude. And, he, like, why doesn't he just send a whole bunch of TIE fighters after? Lou, um, I guess we're going to get into it because this, I think, is my my big three, number one. Uh-huh. Um, why why doesn't Vader just blow up the whole entire ship right there? Why doesn't the, the, the entire transport just blow them out of That's the sky? That's another it's option. A, yeah. It's a giant Star Destroyer, okay? Yeah. They are no match for it. Uh, he could at least disable them with them ion cannons. They have he, ion cannons. He could also send out, like, 10 to 15 TIE fighters to just pursue it and take it down. Right, like, right. And, it's and, not like he doesn't have the option to go in to pursue two different ships. 
he has a bunch of other smaller ships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's options, you know. Um, Obi Wan's not on a ship with hyperdrive. Okay, and, so sorry, he could have, and he ends up going after him alone on his own ship anyway. Anyway, he could have just done that in the first place. He could have been like, I'm hopping out in my little Corvette thing, and you right. guys continue. Ch- okay, I'm sorry. He could, <laughs> yeah, no, he could. I'm losing we my could, mind we, over this. We might be able to see him in the Tie Bomber for the first time right here. He hops out and goes flies after uh, that, that special is, Tie Bomber. Uh, it's it's just that this is just as ridiculous as obi-wan hiding leia in, under his coat and like yeah. having a full beard um yeah this I'm tiny sorry. transport it's, is no match for vader in the star destroyer it just doesn't make sense what they're doing here and how he's just like increase firepower but it's nope, what nope, happens let's let him let's let him go because the episode sense. needs it to happen i guess and vader's like prepare my ship i will face him alone yeah uh, and flies over to this other rocky planet um I don't know. Did you catch? Was there was this planet named at any point? Did you catch the name? I don't of it? think so. I tried to find a name. I couldn't find a name. Um, but just just a nearby moon. Okay. Unless it's um, back on the planet they just escaped from. Jabeem, that might Jabeem. be. That might be right. Yeah. Because that makes sense. It looks like Jabim. They're just now on the surface now. And Obi-Wan, okay, that makes. But they sense. just escaped. And now they're coming back. Okay. Um. And Vader confronts him, and he and he land, he lands his you know cool looking transport ship that he could have just broke off in in the first place. Um, and anyway, he lands it, and he gets out, and he and they both pop their sabers, and he's like, uh, "Have you come to destroy me, Obi Wan?" And Obi Wan's like, "I will do what I must." And Vader says, "Then you will die." Yeah. Uh, they have a cool fight. Obi Wan uses the Force to pull a rock, a giant rock, down on Vader. Vader's like, your strength has returned, but the weakness still remains. Yep. Uh, and he just, he, he uses the force to just open up a chasm in the ground. He does a force <laughs> does earthquake. earthquake. Yeah. A force earthquake. He throws his hand to the ground and and it just like, yeah, just cracks uh, into a big chasm and Obi-Wan falls down into it. Obi-Wan is trying to do some, some really cool tumbling, uh, <laughs> trying to avoid He's- all of it. Vader's moves. He's played. Uh, he's played Elden Ring. He knows like rolling to dodge is right. Is make gives you invincibility. Roll and smash. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Vader, like he he drops Obi Wan into this chasm and and just starts burying him in rocks. And then I don't know how he thinks that it's over after this, but he starts walking away. Um, and of course, Obi Wan uses. He pulls for all of his memories. And all the people that he knows, and he gathers his strength, and it's just like Spider Man when he was trapped under uh, a bunch of con- like tons of concrete, and he yeah. just gathers the strength to to push this blasted all away from him. Yeah, Vader as he's as he's you know burying him under tons of rubble, he says, "Do you th- do you truly think that you could defeat me?" And and then uh, you have failed, Master. He still calls Obi Wan Master. He I think still, it's sarcastically at this point, though. Is it? Is it like a I sarcastic so. thing? I think so. Mm, yeah, he's always, he's always kind of had that like defiant little like, um, you know, uh, uh, as you wish, princess or whatever, like kind of attitude. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe just like it's a it's a dig at him, like you're like you're not a master, you know. Uh, I am the mm-hmm. master. Um, but we have this uh, this scene where Obi-Wan, while he's holding all the rubble back, he's he's like using the force to prevent it to collapse. And you can see the light 
come through the rubble, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the light from, from above. Um, and in the back of his head, he hears Anakin's words and Vader's words. So the words from episodes like uh, prior and, and then the words uh, up one, two, three, you hear the words from the series as Anakin. You also hear Darth Vader's words um, that he said during the series. Um, they're kind of flashing in the back of him and give, he can't focus because he's got this this kind of um, dark side influence, which is crush, literally crushing him and, and metaphysically crushing him. Um, but then he hears and sees flashes of Luke and Leia mm-hmm. and, and he draws, and this is my theory that he draws upon the goodness and the light side of them, giving him strength to regain his powers. Cause he hasn't had the, the full strength of his powers up to this point. He has mm-hmm. had some and Vader notices it, but he doesn't go super Saiyan until this point. Mm-hmm. And um, from that, he's able to overcome, you know, this, this, impending doom of 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 avalanche on top of him he pushes himself out it's a really cool thing that they do um creatively uh Jebertau does as a director you know putting the the the, the audio of vader first and then and then and then it chain transitions into the goodness of luke and leia and, and then of course he gets the strength to throw it up it's kind of like that moment in spider-man 2 with the train yeah it, it was yeah it was like a moment we needed to see his journey sort of being complete like he's been disconnected from the force at the beginning of the show and this right. is him like fully plugged back in and it's like it's like a it's like a rocky moment you know mm. when you know when rocky is is fighting and uh he sees Adrian in the crowd. He's about. He's not down, but out. He's like. He's. He's pretty bloodied and hurt. I didn't hear um, no bell. Right. And he. And he. Uh, he sees Adrian there, and 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 he gives him the strength to go on. And yeah. And, uh, he 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 overcomes adversity. That, that that type of thing. He, he it it's that turning point in the battle. And then uh, so he he get he climbs out of the chasm and he confronts Vader again. Oh and- my God! This moment when he climbs out of the chasm, he comes out of the chasm. Mm-hmm. rocks floating like like hundreds of rocks floating behind him mm-hmm. his arms out like he's a freaking god and you hear like he's choir music you hear off, like yeah. a choir <laughs> chorus behind him it's insane he, yeah he looks like a final fantasy end boss at this point yeah <laughs> yeah it, and uh he just throws these things like they're snowballs at vader pummels them with hundreds of rocks and the fact that Vader doesn't get destroyed by the boulders alone. The fact that he just doesn't get annihilated, you know, isn't is incredible. Vader is mm. so strong, particularly in this suit of armor that he has. This this kind of mechanical, um, you know, exoskeleton that he has. Yeah, he's, he's kind taking- of just. He's just swatting away like mosquitoes. Like they're just annoying to him. <laughs> yeah. He's taken all the blows, you know, mm-hmm. and like, this is something that would with, with, if it was just a man, um, you know, with no armor, unless it was like maybe Mandalorian, you know, uh, Beskar armor, like it would probably do some serious damage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised Vader is, is standing after these, this barrage of, of boulders. Well, not for long, uh, because, uh, so I'm, I'm about to get very, very nerdy with this. Um, so let's go. <laughs> so Obi-Wan learned a lot from <laughs> his fight against Darth Maul in episode one, The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that movie so many times and I've seen uh, there's this moment in Rebels that I'm about to spoil this huge moment in Rebels that I'm about to spoil. So mm. spoilers for Rebels. Uh, I'm sorry if you haven't seen it already. 
but run out and watch it. Um, anyway, it also happened in this episode. And so when Qui-Gon Jinn is fighting Darth Maul, Obi-Wan is trapped behind that force shield and he can only right. watch as Maul uses this trick to win the fight. He yeah. has the double-weighted lightsaber. He does a feint and hits Qui-Gon in the face with the hilt to stun him for a moment. And that's when he, like, circles around with it and impales him and kills him and ends the fight. Uh, so Obi-Wan watched this happen. And later in Rebels, uh, it show, it, it, Rebels takes, this moment for sure takes place after the events of this show. Um, but, but Darth Maul survives. There's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into all of that. But Darth Maul survived. He has robot legs and then real legs later because of magic. Again, we don't have time for all the Darth Maul stuff. But the end of the Darth Maul stuff is he, he seeks out Obi-Wan. He finds, uh, he finds him on Tatooine. And he's going he's gonna to go after Luke. And, and Obi-Wan has to stop him. So they have this battle in the desert that it's four seconds long, and it's the greatest because it's four seconds long. Uh, Obi-Wan squares up against him. Darth Maul comes at him, tries to do the hilt thing, tries to do the, like, hit him in the face with the hilt thing, but Obi-Wan has had ten years to think about this moment, and he counters it perfectly by just slicing the hilt in half. Uh, he just blocks it exactly. Like, if you slowed it, the, the move is literally three. The fight is literally just three moves. Um, so <laughs> I've watched, like, all of this analysis of it. I just, I said I was going to get really nerdy about this. So, <laughs> so when he's fighting Darth Vader in this episode, um, after he does the boulder barrage on him, they, he gets in close, and they get, like, they're locking sabers, and he does, he hits him in the face first to stun him, and then he starts attacking the chest plate and gets the chest plate to short out. And at that point, the fight's over. Obi-Wan has won. Uh, and he's just, like, using everything else. He's, like, pulling a rock to hit him. And he ends up, like, slashing through his cape and his back. Um, and Vader goes down. He's having trouble breathing. Yeah, so. that chest that chest plate, um, it's theorized that that's controlling his breathing right there. Yeah, because um, that's the moment he starts to, like, you hear yeah, his as breath. As soon the, as he, the, he hits that chest plate, sound, with, yeah. yeah, you can hear the, hear the wheezing in his breath. Um, and uh, thank you for pointing out Darth Maul's magic legs. Like, Darth Maul, you got magic legs. <laughs> like his lieutenant dad. Um, it's, but yeah, it's, it's just like the way, it's just the fact that Obi-Wan in every lightsaber battle he's had since... Darth Maul, he like learned from that one move and either uses it or anticipates it and counters it. And it's yeah, yeah I just think that's amazing. Mm. Uh, the the back hit though that got me like wow that that's pretty wild. That must hurt, you know, because mm. that there's no protection there. It's just it's, it just he just scorches him right across the back there. And so uh, yeah, I mean. Darth Vader's in a lot of pain right now. He can barely breathe. He's got he's got its back hurt. And then Obi-Wan, he does he gets the high ground, okay? He does yeah. this he uses the force <laughs> he uses the force to force push uh, Darth Vader away, which is really cool in itself. Yeah. And then and then he does this running leap off of a rock and gets the high ground and slashes down on him with his lightsaber right across his face. Yep. And when he does so, he knocks off a half of almost half of his helmet there and exposed. You can see the scarred and disfigured Anakin. Now, Obi-Wan has not seen him since in, in, 
as his face since th- that time um, in episode three. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately, Obi-Wan feels empathy for who he's fighting. You know, this is yeah. his friend, you know, that, that he's known for so long in so much pain. And, um, and he has those. And, and the father of the child that he's been protecting. Right, right. Um, Obi, um, Vader starts gasping like immediately for air. You know, he cannot breathe. Not only is the chest piece broken, but half of the helmet is broken as well. And he starts wheezing and barely breathe right now. Um, he needs the suit to survive, as we can, as we know. He needs that suit to survive. Um, he looks so gnarly, you know, so cut up. But yeah. what they do is they 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 layer and. We, uh, waver between James Earl Jones's voice mm. and Hayden Christensen's voice, and at one point it sounds like the voice from episode um, seven, mm-hmm. no six, episode six. Uh, the the later actor who finally plays um, Darth uh, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. You know, they kind of they kind of uh, they bump around, they they jump around the voices as yeah. he's you know breathing and trying to talk. Not and only that, they, they, it's like literally half of his face is the helmet, half of the face is exposed. Also, like the light on his face, it's during parts of the conversation, it's like the blue and the red lightsabers making like a, a purple reflection on his face. And yeah. at certain points, like the blue goes away or it's only blue um, or it's just the red when he's like, yeah, now I'm. Uh, um, oh, my gosh, I, the lines right the here. Failure. You didn't kill Anakin. Skywalker. Yeah, is it, I the line. The lines that that we have right here in this dialogue is just it's it they're so loaded, okay? They're they're saturated with meaning, and um, this is a conflict which is finally coming to head right now, you know. Um, and they're having the discussion of of uh, why Vader is the way he is, and 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 first Obi Wan says Anakin because he can see him. He doesn't call him Vader; he calls him mm-hmm. Anakin. He says, Anakin. He says Anakin's gone. I am what remains, and and then Obi Wan, you know you know, feels all the feels for him. He says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it, including, you know, everything that happened um, in episode three, him burning alive. And then, and then of course him leaving him there. And then, mm-hmm. and then the subsequent events of, of Padme dying. Okay. Um, and, and Obi-Wan, you know, uh, and Darth Vader, you know, Anakin doesn't, you know, condemn obi-wan he doesn't forgive them either you know he just says i'm not your failure obi-wan and then he says this word here which is like which is so important because it it sets up episode four so well um particularly how obi-wan feels about darth vader he says you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did and it kind of absolves obi-wan of that guilt um, of of causing these events mm-hmm. because because Anakin Darth Vader himself says that yeah um, and then he says the same way I will destroy you and then uh, he comes <laughs> after him and yeah but it's uh, it's too late uh, like you said already had the high ground now uh, Vader's like already down on one knee like breathing heavy face split open so yeah and then and then obi-wan says my then my friend is truly dead and and then as he's coughing and and, and can't breathe he says goodbye darth he calls him darth for the first time instead of anakin yeah. um and then of course uh, oh, uh he, he, we leave the end of the scene is just anakin darth vader now just calling out for obi-wan um as he leaves him there on the planet 
he leaves him on Jabim. And this is exactly the same way he's left him at the end of episode three, too. A, a little bit less on fire, but yeah, exact, almost exactly the same. In pain, you know, disabled. Yep. Um, you know, he, 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 I'll get to this later. <laughs> we'll talk about this later because I have words. <laughs> uh, so, well, so the next thing I've got is um, cutting back to the moisture farm. Um, yeah, let's tattooing. go back. Let's go back to Tatooine because we haven't started. Uh, we have to start the events there. Um, the first thing we see uh, on Tatooine um, after um, Riva has that discussion with with the uh, um, organic uh, farm to table moisture farm water uh, moisture, uh, moisture barrel. cart. Yeah, uh, she, they go to like a an uh, auto zone, but it's for for speeders for land speeders. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a speeder zone. And um, Owen and Luke. I'm surprised are, this wasn't like Pelimoto or something like that. Mm, yeah, they, you know, like they <laughs> want to like tie everything. They, the Avengerification of everything. Like maybe it's good that it wasn't that. Yeah, they just keep it local. Um, but they but they're looking for for parts for their speeder and and uh, the, the shop owner kind of talks like an old west bartender you know from a saloon he said howdy uh, <laughs> what'd you need kid and then uh, he says we need a new belt for the speeder a certain somebody oh no then uh, then uh, Owen says a certain somebody broke the last one it was this guy um, and then and then if they they're they're all familiar with each other. Apparently, they come in frequently for parts. And and, mm-hmm. and the shopkeeper says, "Your uncle's a patient man." And he says, "I'm not that patient." So, so but they they immediately the the moisture uh, the water vendor comes in and and tells them, so "I had to tell you something." Um, and uh, they learn about, of course, uh, Riva, thir- third sister coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, moving over to later events, then after that, we get to see Owen and Baru. Uh, you know they're going to fight, and uh, this is this is kind of the events that that Riva had actually said in the first episode when she was talking to Law, uh, Owen in the street uh, when they were trying to find the Jedi. Uh, he, he she whispers him. She said, "She says, you think you could protect them from me." implying that it might be possible one day that she he she's going to come and he's going to have to protect his family from her so these it's it's a a self-fulfilling uh prophecy from the first episode Mm -hmm. um owen and owen's first instinct is to flee he wants to leave he wants to get out of there um but baru uh says no this is my home you know, uh, we're going to fight. And she pulls out a hidden weapon, like a pin long gun. Mm-hmm. And, and she says, no, well, we can call for help. We don't have to do this alone. And she says, I'm not putting anyone in danger, Owen. We're enough, you and me. Uh, and, and you said, we both knew this day might come. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, they, they make this conscious decision to defend their home. Yeah, and she says uh, she'll come when the suns go down. Um, so they're really, like, building up this whole Western feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then sure enough, like later on, we cut back to this moisture farm when the suns are going down, their perimeter alarm goes off and, uh, Owen's like, oh, she's here. And so the two of them are waiting for Reva to come in. She, she comes sneaking in out in the open, like, like right into the middle of their courtyard. And if Owen's aim was a little bit better, this would be over because he fires like just over her shoulder. Um, and then she, it's not like she dodges it. It's not like she uses the force to dodge it or like deflect it or anything. She just like, Oh, uh Oh, and turns around. So if Owen's aim 
and you'd think he would have better aim. Like, I don't know. Well, actually, no, Baru is the one with, with the guns, apparently. So yeah. if Baru had taken the shot instead of Owen, this might have right. been over faster. Yeah. It, it, well, they the fight devolves into throw like uh, Baru having the high ground and throwing boxes down on Riva for some reason as yeah. Owen escapes. And Riva just forgets that she has the force because, like, she took out of a, a snow speeder with a box uh, in a previous episode. Yeah, well, um, maybe she, she's she's really hurt, so it's hard for her to concentrate. So maybe she's sure. just kind of she, like. She also forgets she's holding a lightsaber a couple of times because <laughs> Owen like just b- uh, blocks her with a pipe and then like grabs her 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 belt wound uh, or like you know puts a thumb into it to to like press her thump her like belt wound and she she's holding a an ignited lightsaber anyway so yeah but there are some there are some cool lines that they have eventually here she, she says she says to owen when she finally has him you know they're they're uh uh, uh baru and luke are about to escape and stuff like that she's trying to get luke out through a a, a ladder up out through the uh the entrance of of the farm and and uh she, Riva says to him, you, you really love the boy like he's your own. And then Owen says, he is my own. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, staking claim to like, this is my child. I will defend him with my life. And then yeah. he, asked, he asked her, what do you want? And Riva says, justice. Yeah, which like, what does that mean at this what point? What does that mean? So like, what, what justice by killing this boy? Like, right. in, in what way is she, is she enacting some type of justice? He didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, is this justice upon Vader? But how would it be justice upon Vader? You know, like, it doesn't doesn't make doesn't add up. Like, I don't understand yeah, this logic coming here trying to kill Luke. I guess the twisted logic is she can't she'll never be able to defeat Vader. So all she can do is take away his son that he already thought was dead. Maybe like making him feel pain. Yeah. You know, like an eye for an eye type thing. Uh, but she, yeah, she ultimately can't bring herself to do it. Um, she chases Luke into Beggar's Canyon, uses the force to, like, trip him up and make him fall down. And uh, and Luke like, is unconscious, very much like he is in episode four, mm-hmm. when, when uh, um, Obi-Wan has to come force revive him. And she, like, stands over him with her lightsaber drawn, and she sees her face and his face, and she can't do it. Uh, she can't, she can't be like Vader. Um, she can't, she, yeah. She, yeah. She says, she says this line, which is kind of confusing. She says, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I've failed them referring to the younglings that right. were dead. She says, he killed them all and I couldn't do it, but I don't understand what she means, but how would she be failing them by not killing Luke? Well, again, I think she was resolved to do this like one thing that she could to hurt Vader in some way when she knows she'll never be able to physically hurt him. Right. So, but Obi- Obi-Wan quickly shows up and when, when she says those lines and he, yeah. she, she walks out um, carrying unconscious Luke um, and brings him to the, uh, the, the Lars's and Owen and, and Beru. And, and, uh, and, and I, then I, I like this dialogue that they have. She says, have I become him? Um, mm. and, and he says, no, you, you have chosen not to who you yeah. become now is up to you. Up to you, yeah. She, he says, "You haven't failed them by showing mercy. You have given them peace and honored them." So it's, it's, it, it's a, uh, it's very poignant, you know how how she he's pointing out that she's changing. You know, she's not the Inquisitor. 
um, that she was pretending to be, you know, or at least not pretending, but, but at least, uh, um, dis- you know, outwardly pers- uh, displaying. Mm-hmm. But she um, throws, she like discards her lightsaber into the sand, leaves it behind. Yeah. And, and Obi-Wan says, now you're free. We both are. Mm. Which is not quite true because, because Vader's still there. They, Obi-Wan still has to protect Luke. And it it doesn't make quite sense that he's free. He's not. Oh, you're right. It's <laughs> he's still. Yeah, he still has to, like, move to a like a closer nearby cave, but still has to move to a cave somewhere and just watch over Luke for the next 10 years. I don't understand it's, why he has to move to caves at all. I don't understand why he has to leave that cave. I mean, no one knows about the cave. The only mm-hmm. one that does is Bail Organa. And he's not talking, at least oh, not well, right no, he now. Was, I, I took him leaving that cave as like him moving on from like being so isolated. And, and so he gets more isolated. <laughs> no, less so that because the end of the episode is him meeting Luke. Like, uh, you know, Owen is like, do you want to meet him? And he's and yes, he, but then he moves like, in. Hello there. But then he moves and leaves into the canyon far, far away. Like he, you see him. Oh, no, no. I felt like that was a, closer to the moisture farm than his previous cave. I don't think so because because uh, Qui Gon has that line. <laughs> Again, we still have a long way to go. Okay, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just yeah. I guess maybe he's just going on a spirit journey to learn yeah, like the Force Ghost trick from Qui Gon. Yeah, this is this is that's what I should a question I have in the in, in, in for my big three. We'll talk about that in a moment. But they they have him right off into the sunset. Um, but yeah, but but that after this point, you know, you know. Um, you know, we've resolved that Reva is going to leave and start something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe get her own show. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, that's all the Reva stuff I have. What, just one other thing is that, like, I just don't understand how Baru was able to punch her in the face and she is holding an ignited lightsaber and Baru walks away from that whole situation. <laughs> like, it just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's all I got on Reva for this episode. Yeah, Brew with the Mama Bear strength just just destroyed Reva apparently. Yeah. Um, overall, I gotta say I liked Reva as a character. Uh, I feel like her story might not be over. We might get her showing up in more shows, or if there is a season two of this show, um, or you know, at least at the very least, like her own comic book or novelization or something. There would be some third material. Uh, that, that comes right. out with Reva. While the resolution um, of her, like her motives, is confusing, like mm-hmm. how, like what, ultimate her her goal was, um, the fact that she was has this deep history within the Jedi and is learning to embrace it, uh, at least uh, away from the darkness of the dark side. You know, it, it's a really really unique character, and it kind of yeah. makes her kind of like a gray Jedi. You know, it's kind of like she's in the middle. You know. Yeah, she um, thought she thought that she could uh, infiltrate the dark side, um, and in doing so, she of course got twisted by it a little bit, but in the end, was able to to resist that. She had enough goodness inside of her to resist fully right. uh, embracing the dark side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked her journey. I liked. I thought she was. Most Singram was a great actress and ended an amazing portrayal. Um, yeah, I really like this character. I do hope to see more of her, but mm-hmm. if not, I feel like we got a really good story and she was a good 
a really great addition to the show. Yeah. Um, the next thing I've got is Alderaan. Uh, we catch up with Leia, who has gotten home. She's gotten dropped off by the, the Resistance, the Rebellion. And uh, she's getting ready for, you know, meeting some diplomat or something. And she's putting on this uh, holster, Talus holster. And Breha comes in and she's like, is that a holster? And she's got the gloves and the boots on. Uh, and Leia <laughs> nods and she's like, I love it. Um, and, <laughs> and then she says something to Bale about, he's like, are you ready to do this? And she says, if you want me to do this, um, I'm going to want to change a few things. Yeah, so this is this is actually... Uh, this is copying the events of the first episode. Remember, the first time we see Leia, she is, it's not Leia, it's the switcheroo with mm-hmm. her, her handmaids are, are going to, are, you know, dressing uh, as Leia. Mm-hmm. But in this scene that we're seeing right now, it's actually Leia. So she's, number one, not hiding anymore. She's going to fulfill her, prince, uh, her princess duties and, uh, and be the ambassador that her parents are asking her to do. Um, and, but she's learned. She's learned through the events of what have happened that, you know, she's going to have to do things differently than what have, has happened before. She's got this knowledge of the, the underground, uh, the path, and uh, she knows how people are a little bit more. And she knows what she can do. Um, mm-hmm. She knows that she has these powers of persuasion. She knows that you know, she can stand up for herself and others. And when she's saying she wants to do things differently, this is what she means, you know. I, uh, I also think it's like a little bit of like a feminist message, yeah. like, um, you know, we're going to like I'm going to be a leader, but I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Like, we're gonna, yeah, so, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone get me a letter. OK, because we're going <laughs> to get her a letter. Get her, get, the her, letter. get her the letter. Break the glass ceiling. Uh, Let's I, go. I, I really like that Bale is like, then we'll change things together. Right. Um, exactly. And, yeah, they're going to the platform to meet uh, a very important person. And it's not some diplomat. It's not some senator or something. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's got Lola. He's returning Lola to the princess. And I love how Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up. And she kind of sidesteps Obi-Wan and goes right for Lola. She goes, Lola! It's like, (laughs) screw you, Obi-Wan. Here's my droid. I love you, droid. Yeah. And they have a sweet little conversation. And at the end, he says, um, goodbye, princess. May the force be with you. They have a really touching conversation. It's it's like, um, well, she asked him what, what he's going to do now. It's like, oh, I don't know. What do you think I should do? And, <laughs> and Lola says, I think you should sleep. <laughs> yeah, in the desert. And what? just hang out there with with uh, with Tuscan Raiders for about nine I years. Wonder, I wonder if that was like one of those weird improvised lines that they did in the final day of shooting and they decided to keep it in there because it was so weird and, and cute and, and like something a kid would say. Um, but Obi-Wan yeah, laughs. It's kid humor. It's, yeah. I think you're right. Yes, I'm an old, tired man. I should go sleep. It's something, yeah. It's it's a joke they would have written for Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen on Full House. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what all old people do. They just sleep right. a lot, okay? Yeah. But it was adorable and a really Let, great button for... for um, yeah, and, and Obi-Wan has this, um, this very, very, very touching monologue that he talks. Because throughout the first the third episode um he had been lying to her when she asked about her parents you know because mm-hmm. he said that he didn't know her parents and he says leia when i said this said before that i didn't know your parents he he, he and then he changes and he's this very very heartful message he says princess leia organa you are wise discerning kind-hearted these are the qualities that came from your mother 
but you are also passionate and fearless, a forthright, and these mm -hmm. are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. And, and, and so he, he finally tells her who her parents are. He says, I wish I could tell you more. I wish I could say more, but you'll have to subscribe to Disney Plus and watch the rest <laughs> of the saga. That's right. Yeah. But <laughs> like and subscribe for part two. Uh, but yeah, it's like he can't tell her more because there's such a tragic past there that she might not be ready for yet. Uh, yeah. Eventually, yeah. though, she's going to learn the truth. It's also a nice moment where she like looks at her parents that adopted her and have raised her since she was a baby. And she says, it's OK. You don't need yeah. to tell me more. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's exactly. a really poignant message. Um, yeah, I have parents already that are, yeah. are amazing. You that have to is tell her family. Yeah, yeah. That they're is already great. Dad. They're already great enough, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he says, will I ever she says, will I ever see you again? And he says, maybe someday if you ever need help from a tired old man. <laughs> um, but uh, but of course, you must be careful and no one could ever know because it could endanger us both. Mm -hmm. So he's so they're implying that the events of episode four are going to happen. You know, she's going to call upon him again and and, and by sending the message through R2 to Tatooine. Mm hmm. Um, and she calls him. She calls him Obi Wan here. She doesn't call him Ben. You know, she yeah. knows him as Obi Wan Kenobi. She doesn't know him in hiding, yeah. and which is which kind of sets up that 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 kind of interesting thing that everyone on Tatooine calls him Ben. Everyone else calls him Obi Wan. Yeah. Well, when she sends his her message through R two D two, it's help me Obi Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. Not help right. Me and, Luke, ben. and Luke's so confused. Well, Obi Wan. Oh, don't wonder if they mean old Ben Kenobi. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if uh, Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker are related. It, mm, it might I be a wonder. coincidence, but I wonder. I of, wonder if the the, mm -hmm. the Beru's, you know, with their with their adopted mother Skywalker, yeah, well, if they're related at all. Uh, um, speaking of Skywalkers, uh, we do get this moment of Vader on his throne in Mustafar, talking to a little Palpatine hologram. Um, he's saying, you know, we use all of our probes. Our probes are launched, and we use everything. Oh my god, until we, he is found. Yeah, um, we get a clip like, of you you seem agitated, my friend. I yeah, we get if your thoughts are clear on this Lord Vita. <laughs> That's a great impression, Lou. <laughs> if your past cannot be overcome. <laughs> um but yeah, uh we get to see like the short short kind of, you know, uh, uh hologram palpatine. It's 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 satisfying, you know. Yeah. We, it's it's Palpatine as we remember him in episode um, five, mm -hmm. uh, um, four, five, and six. Mostly five because we see him as, as a hologram. Somehow and, Palpatine has returned. Yeah, somehow he's returned. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he said, "Yeah, yeah." The the line is perhaps your feelings for your old master have left you weakened, and mm -hmm. um, and so. Kenobi means nothing. I only serve you, Master, of course. And then the Imperial March theme, you know, jumps in right there after that line. You know, so it's definitely like that, that putting the button on on the, the scene there, you know. I, I love the little detail, though, that it's like, uh, you seem agitated, my friend. Like, he, and he looks a little bit younger. Like, they've, you know, I mean, it's just a hologram, but like they've aged him down because he he's younger than we're seeing him in five and six and and nicer to to vader like the fact that yeah. he says my friend he's not he hasn't fully subjugated him at this point he hasn't fully um put him under his thumb like he i mean he has effectively but yeah he's still he's, a, still, he's still a sith lord in training yes and he's still well he's still treating him with some amount of dignity and like 
you know, hey, we're on the same level, blah, blah, blah. Like, he hasn't fully peeled back the curtain just yet and, and been like, I'm in charge, I've always been in charge, you're my dog on a short leash. Um, he's still, like, you know, treating this, him with a little bit of humanity. Yeah, and this scene isn't necessary. Like, we don't need to see it. But it definitely, you know, it gives a lot of fan service because they're wondering, you know, who's pulling the strings? What's happening here? Why is Obi-Wan, why is Vader still, you know, uh, this crazed person? And it's a nice revise, a reminder of, of, you know, what Palpatine was doing um, at this time. Um, it does seem like Palpatine, though, is less concerned with finding Obi-Wan. He's kind of like chastising him for being so singularly obsessed. Yeah. Like it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like um, he's checking, he's updating him on the mission and and Palpatine is like, oh thank goodness you're still going after him. Like thank goodness you haven't you haven't completely given up on this yet. It's more like he's like, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use every probe and, and everything at our disposal and uh, Palpatine's like, dude, still? Like really really? Like <laughs> we got important things. We got a galaxy to run, man. Right, right. We gotta bring order to the force. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But I don't know if you noticed the end of the scene with 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 Lola, uh, Leia. Leia puts Lola in the holster, so it's a Lola holster now, yeah. not a gun holster. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, well, Vader and Palpatine's uh, conversation ends with him saying, "Kenobi means nothing. I serve mm-hmm. only you, my master." Yeah, uh, and and so that's like the contrast to him when he's calling Obi Wan master. I feel like even though it's a robotic voice, like I hear sarcasm in that. Versus in when he's saying it to Palpatine, it's earnest, you know, like it feels uh, genuine. Sure, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, do you think he's being sarcastic to Palpatine when he says master or? I don't I don't know. I don't know if Vader knows sarcasm. I think he's he's just uh, he's Vader. OK, he's very impulsive. He says what's on his mind. Yeah. Um, very headstrong. Um but I think it's always been a title. Maybe that's that's the most logical thing with Obi Wan. Yeah, it's always been the like title he's referred to it. Like my my, my master, you know. Yeah. He was got he probably got corrected as a young Padawan by calling him Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's like I don't you, know. Like some people call Indiana Jones Professor uh, or Doctor Jones, Doctor Jones. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, even if he's not their doctor. Um, Listen, call me call me Obi Wan Kenobi. Mister Kenobi was my father. Um, <laughs> But we get we get to that that scene back to the scene where Obi Wan is is leaving the cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he abandons this old life that he had in the cave, but he, we see the the T sixteen. I guess T sixteen is that what the speeder toy is? The Skyhopper, yeah. Yeah, he he put it in a bag. He leaves a I guess a chest in the middle of the cave. I guess it's mm-hmm. part of the part of the decor. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess it's he, stuff he doesn't need anymore. He's gonna leave it for uh, T. T- what was the Jawa's name in the first episode? Yeah, I don't know. The Jawa, the one yeah, that he's got a cool relationship with some. Mr. Jawa. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, he heads back to the to the Larses. He goes back to to Owen, Baru, and Luke. And, um, of course, you know, Owen sees him immediately as he's riding in uh, on, what is it called? The uh, Eopi. He rides in on his Eopi. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, what are you doing here? He says, I thought you were going to keep your distance. And 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 Obi Wan says, "I and I will." Um, you know, you were right. He just needs to be the boy. Uh, the future will take care of itself, like you said. Uh, and the only protection he needs now, Owen, is you and Baru. Take good care of them. And he, he he's calling basically to say goodbye because he doesn't really need to be there as much. 
um, and, and, and of course, Owen says, I will. Um, as he's leaving, he calls out to Ben and says, you want to meet him? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Owen, in, uh, uh, the next shot, of course, you see is Obi-Wan with T-16, bringing it to hand to Luke. <laughs> and Obi-Wan has the line. He says, hello there. <laughs> as he's meeting Luke, yep. which the internet fandom is probably going crazy right now. I went crazy. When I oh, saw my it. I gosh. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> yeah. Why, why wouldn't he? Why not? It's. Yeah, if you have if 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 yeah, if you didn't like that, you're um oh my gosh. you're soulless. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Um uh, yeah, and then he uh he meets um <coughs> he meets Qui-Gon. He finally sees Qui-Gon. He says, you know, uh it took you long enough or something and he's and he's and Qui-Gon says, "I was always here. You just were not ready to see." Yeah. Yeah, he says, "Well, it took you long enough." Begin to think you'd never come. Well, I was always here, but you're not ready to see. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Come on, we've got a ways to go." And yeah. now the the uh, yeah, the, and they ride off into the canyon um, as the sun's setting. Uh, it's very much you know John Ford, the Searchers type thing. Um, again, a brief Qui Gon moment with uh, 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 it, it really really. I mean, we wanted to see more Qui Gon, but. I don't know. Uh, Liam Neeson does a great job just, you know, being there and he's a great actor. I just, I just wish we had more. Yeah. I, I, I feel again, like satisfied with the amount of Qui-Gon. I I feel like I, any more and it could have felt dragged out. It could have felt gratuitous. Um, I think it was like cilantro. It was like just, just a sprinkle of Qui-Gon was just (laughs) enough. (laughs) You don't want to be soapy, you know, you don't want to be just a sprinkle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all the notes I've got for the episode. Unless you've got uh, anything else you want to touch on. Uh, no, that that that's uh, everything. The episode is pretty straightforward, and it just lets us want we want to know more about the uh, the characters that that um, aren't in episodes four, five, and six. And uh, but we do get a good resolution to um, Obi Wan Kenobi, Luke, Leia, and Darth Vader. And the in Owen and Baru, um, mm-hmm. as and I mean Palpatine as well, if you want to just throw him in there. But we get a good sense yeah, of where they where they are and what they're doing by episode four. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and you know if Disney if Disney Plus wants to give us a season two, I'm of course going to watch it. Um, there is a rumor that they might release this series as like a full run in movie theaters. Um, would you go see it if they did? Um, I might because very cinematic, especially the music. Um, the, mm-hmm. the fight scenes are incredible. Uh, the lightsaber battles. Um, I would. I. I mean, it'd be rather long. They'd have to maybe do an intermission or maybe split it up into two movies. I think. Um, I don't know. Just, I think the total time it would be like three and a half hours, and there there are it, movies out there that are. To be honest, I'd I'd rather have a full new Star Wars movie, like a full new yeah. movie experience, as opposed to just a, a, a reshowing of this. You know, and and I and I mean, it's not. It it's it's filmed at a pace that people can enjoy it on their couch. You know, it's mm-hmm. not filmed at the pace of a movie. You know, so um, I I. I fear that if they did it, release it as a movie, they're going to start cutting things. And we don't, we don't really kind of want to see that. We want to, we want to see it in entirety. So. Fair. Um, Jason, are you ready for lose big three? I am. All right. Give me one second. Let me pull up the theme song. Lose big three. It's you and me. We're going to have fun with lose big three. 
Uh, okay, so that was the theme song. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan, I love that you just stand by for like an hour every every time we record, uh, just waiting to sing a, 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 an eight-second theme song. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for spending so much time in the studio. Um, so we're going to do Lose Big Three. Uh, this is Lose Big Three number one. Uh, so, Jason, we've been clocking each episode of this show and how every episode sort of correlates in some way or has some sort of thematic connection to each of the episodes of the the films, episodes one through six. Um, So what were some of the Return of the Jedi, episode six, uh, moments that you noticed in here or or themes or tie-ins or Easter eggs? You know, there wasn't many. It was tough for me to find them. The The only one that really stood out for me was the reveal of Vader's face when his helmet got knocked off, you know, and yeah, you can that was see one it. of mine seeing Vader's, uh, seeing under the helmet. Yeah. And, and you know, the, that reveal of Anakin there, the humanity, um, but there's no redemption. Like there's like in, in empire in uh, return of the Jedi, when he sees him there under the helmet, you know, he's, he's changed to good. And, uh, but here it's the opposite. It's kind of like he, dives deeper towards the dark side it there's no redemption for vader here specifically but right. like episode six there is redemption for another Obi-Wan. character in a dark suit uh well for obi-wan but also for revan um revan oh, comes yeah. back from the white and in the last moment it's it's not obi-wan stepping in and like blocking her blade heroically it's not anything it's not even owen or Baru like shooting her it's her uh making a decision at the last moment to turn towards the good and reject the dark side. So you could say that Revan is the Darth Vader character of the episode. Very much so. Yeah. In terms of like comparisons to episode six, uh, we didn't get as many Ewoks as I was hoping for. Nope. No battle for Endor. Uh, we got a mention of a speeder bike and there were like speeder bikes on Endor, but we didn't get any fuzzy little teddy bear murder teddy bears. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because Return of the Jedi is a, is a it kind of is weird beats. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. the events on Tatooine, and then there's the events on Endor, and then there's the events on the Death Star. So it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of have these like the three different locations. Um, this is is uh, two locations. I mean, if you want to consider uh, Alderaan a location, but really it's not really much that happens there other than you know just the bookend you know to the 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 denouement. Um, but, but there's, there's three different plot lines, uh, that, that happen. Um, this one is, is, is different. It's unique. This episode has, has probably two, you know, we have the, the fight on, um, Jabim and then we have, uh, the fight on Tatooine. Yeah. The Tatooine stuff didn't in any way really parallel Return of the Jedi, like Jabba's palace. There was not nothing that I felt like really stood out as like a reference in any way or, or a thematic connection. Right. Um, and there, there wasn't many big character comparisons other than Riva as well. Like, a, mm-hmm. um, I mean, unless you want to, uh, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. There's no rancor, you know, it's just, yeah, <laughs> no Sarlacc. No. no Sar- um, okay. So, uh, lose big three number two, then, um, why did, when Vader had Obi-Wan buried under a bunch of rocks, why didn't he finish the job? Ooh, that's a good question. 
Um, I thought he did think he finished it. Really, though? Like, really? Like, he's not going to be thorough enough to, to check or to... Well, he didn't like, walk away. He didn't, like, he didn't leave. That's true. He didn't, like, leave the planet. He did so sort he of, was like, gonna, slowly walk away. He stuck around, you know, to see if he would come out. But I think he thought he finished it, you know? So he was... It was only a matter of time before he could sense that he was dead. Okay. All right. But what Obi-Wan did was very unexpected to Vader. I don't think mm-hmm. he, he expected him to draw upon the power of the light and, and, and pull himself up out of that. Um, cause he knew that he was powerful, you know, he was able to move that, that big giant stone, but I think Darth Vader still had underestimated Obi-Wan and his abilities. You know, he, he, he still thought that he was his arrogance his blind blinded him. Mm-hmm. Um, he still thought that he was a more powerful, uh, Sith master, Sith Lord. Okay. So do you think on some you know, on some level he was like slowly walking away in case he needs to finish the fight or like or at that point was he completely certain um, this is done and I'm just not in a rush to to get out of here because I don't need to yeah rush. yeah we don't we don't really see him walk away I mean we just see Obi Wan trapped under the rubble and mm-hmm. he bursts out of it so. But, but what I mean is Vader is walking away when Obi-Wan comes out. He's like, he has his back churned. Like he's, you know, he's not waiting. He's not sitting there like waiting until he doesn't sense a pulse anymore. Um, no. He has but, turned around and started walking back to his transport ship. Right. Maybe just he thinks he's dead, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's I just, not yeah, on I, point for Vader to leave people hanging. Yeah, I guess I have it. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around him not wanting to personally like crush his windpipe or stick his, cut him in half with his lightsaber. But again, or, he know, does do that. something he, like really he, personal and up close. He did it with Riva. You know, he he stabbed her through the stomach and left her. Yeah, and but we didn't get a good yeah. resolution to that either. Yeah, I didn't get an explanation for that, and they're never gonna give me one. And it's that's that's just always gonna be frustrating to me. Again, it, it could be you know. If if you want to play the route that this is Vader trying to break Obi-Wan to bring him onto his side, have him join him in his quest mm-hmm. under the dark side, um, that could make sense. He's trapped be. him. He's trapped him like one of the force sensitive people in the Amber. Could be. True. Uh, so lose big three, number three. Why did Obi-Wan not finish the job when he had the oh, chance? This is, this is my big three, number three as well. Okay. Uh, um, and number two as well. Number two. Um, yeah, I yeah, hear so, your take on it. Um, why didn't Obi Wan kill Anakin? Because at the beginning of the episode, he says to to when he like the Qui Gon that he's praying to, um, you know, one, one of us, him or me, one of us will be dead at the end of this, and and he's and when he says like, then my friend is truly gone. If that's the case, if you're fully accepting that Anakin is gone. You should have no trouble killing Darth Vader. You've seen what he's done. You've seen what he's capable of and what he'll continue doing. You're absolutely correct. Um, 100%. Uh, he should be killing Anakin right there, especially when he's disabled like that. And and he would rid the galaxy of this evil, this the dark, the dark side. Um, 
the only thing there's two things that I can think of me reconciling this question. You know, it's just I I don't see any logic to it. But the two things that that could maybe be happening is number one, the writers need a plot need to continue the plot to episode four so they can't yeah, kill Vader. That's the number one reason. Yeah. It's the number one. Um, and number two is that Obi-Wan has this fault of mercy. Um, and he talks about it throughout the episode, you know, how Reva showed mercy uh, to Luke, um, how this is Obi-Wan shows mercy to Vader before in episode three. You know, this is something that, it, the only person he doesn't show mercy to is General Grievous. I mean, <laughs> like he he has this fault of mercy, and and for what his friend that he knows and can see, I don't think he could take it upon himself to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he can leave him dying on on Jabim. I mean, come on, that's just awful. He's repeating the events of Episode Three. How how dare you, Obi Wan? You know, put your friend through that pain and torture again choking choking helpless on the planet it's so awful like obi-wan this that's just bad it's really bad dick move (laughs) obi-wan uh okay so that is those are on my big three questions for this episode um jason guess what we got a little bit of hate mail hey all right i'm not 100 percent sure if i'd call this hate mail but we got some mail and Some would mail. you like to read this on air? Because I always sure. promise, I uh, send us mail, we will read it on air. So would you like to do the honors? Yes, yes. Okay, here we go. All right. Dear Droids versus Crate Dragons. Oh, is this the same writer of the hate mail that we received before? You know what? It might be. It, 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 the, the last person used what I suspect is a fake name. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to reveal it. I'll let you read it. Mm. Um, but I, I feel like this is also a fake name. I don't okay. know. You, you tell me. Okay. Uh, my name is Jexter Dester. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to let you know that since I started listening to your show, people have been sending me hate mail because they think I'm the leader of some sort of underground spy network in the Star Wars galaxy. I, I just want to write in and let you know that that's completely untrue. I am, however, the leader of an underground spy network in the Star Trek galaxy. Oh, interesting. Hope that clears a few things up. Anyway, uh, who do you think would win a fight between a Stegosaurus and Ned B? Love the show. Five stars. May the force be with you. Jexter Dester. Hmm. Okay. Okay. A couple things to address in this email. Yeah. So perhaps we were wrong that Jexter Dester is is uh, um, the man behind the curtain, uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, pulling all the strings. Yeah, and so this uh, is why I think master. this is a, a fake name because that the character's name is Dexter Jetster, and this person writing in is all like, "I'm Jexter Dexter," and claiming that like people have been mixing up those names. And the last person that wrote in was what was it, Kason Jerubia? Mm. Um, and I, I just, I have my doubts. I, yeah. I think it's the same person. Yeah, but they're a person on the light side because they do give us the May the Force Be With You ending. So This is true. This, and they gave us five stars, and I appreciate five that. Five stars. And anyone that gives us five stars is is good in my book. Um, but he, they he, they make a good point. You know, uh, maybe we're giving too much uh, too much hate to uh, uh, Dexter Jester, and, and perhaps we should be giving him more love. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, you know, Star Wars, Galaxy, Be Damned, we should be starting to watch Star Trek uh, mm. in – 
in comparison. Um, I'm all for that. You know, I've, I've yeah. actually seen every single episode of Star Trek, including the new series and the animated series uh, and uh, movies as well. So, okay. yeah, let's go. Let's let's get I, into that. I haven't. I haven't really watched a lot of Star Trek. Is there is there are there a lot of robots on on Star Trek? Because I love uh, Data. I know Data. But other than data, are there like a lot of robots? There's philosophical discussions about not only robots, but um, artificial intelligence, uh, new life forms, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, cyborgs. There, it, it runs the gambit of, of technology. And I think okay. that's in, at the heart of what Robots versus Dinosaurs is. Uh, we should probably be talking about it a little bit more. Uh, true, true. I, I think I've I reviewed a Star Trek movie, Generations. I think yeah, Generations. You did yes, a long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I should, I should, I should dig into Star Trek a little bit more. Uh, but yeah. Well, so now we know. Well, now I know one new thing about Star Trek, which is that uh, in Star Wars they have Dexter Jetster, who is uh, you know the, this cog in Tala's spy network underground. And in Star Trek, they have a similar character named Jexter Dester. Apparently. Um, so, <laughs> so I think I know everything. It's canon. I need to just know. don't look it up, though. It's canon. But I don't won't look it up. up. I'll, I'll just I'll just live with that knowledge secure. And um, so the let's address this question that Jexter brought up. Uh, who do you think would win in a fight between a Stegosaurus and Ned B? It's a good mm. question. That's a good matchup. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, Stegosaurus is not. Both characters, I mean, are are not designed as predators. Right. So they don't have offensive weapons. Most of them have, like, defensive weapons. Well said. And, and um, the question, I think, comes to intelligence. You know, what character is more intelligent? And um, for what we know about Ned B, he is a, some type of load lifter. You know, he, he's he's a, a, a droid, but he has the ability to really think rationally and, and improvise, as he does improvising weapons, mm-hmm. um, and and really take out stormtrooper after stormtrooper stormtrooper. Um, he's got really really durable skin uh, and, and armor built into him as a droid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in terms of intelligence, the Stegosaurus actually has two brains. Yeah. One is one is in in their head, and another in their tail and the brain of a stegosaurus is the size of a walnut so it, it's definitely the less intelligent of the creatures or, or beings if you will mm-hmm. um so i would say as an intelligence level um a stegosaurus would probably fail um ned b would could probably outsmart the stegosaurus um it, that doesn't mean that the stegosaurus probably couldn't get a good few hits in with that that spiky tail that he has mm-hmm. uh and uh, definitely those armor plates on top of a stegosaurus you know they're they're very protective but yeah. again it's it's just nothing comparative to the 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 wily ned b well maybe ned b doesn't really have a lot of speed though and the stegosaurus it has of it's very bulky size is one thing it can charge at Ned B, if it has a good, like, uh, if it needs to clear some distance between them. Um, but if Ned B gets behind it, I think that's actually where the Stegosaurus has a huge advantage because it can swing its tail in broad, huge, sweeping strikes. And I don't think Ned B has anything to get out of the way of it or jump over the tail. Um, there, I think if, he, if the Stegosaurus turns around, it's over for Ned B. I don't know. I think, the, I think Ned B could could improvise a weapon very, very quickly um, and, and, and take that stegosaurus down. 
Yeah, I Remember, guess the terrain, like the environment, is is a big factor in this fight. Yeah, that's true. Also, um, Ned B doesn't need to breathe, mm-hmm. so that's an advantage. Um, any type of environment uh, where what are they going to go out the airlock or something? Right, just <laughs> they're going to fight sh- underwater. Shoot the panel. <laughs> they're going to fight the in water. That, uh, the underwater uh, fortress inquisitorious. That's right. Yeah, all Ned B needs to do is shoot the panel. And the whole entire room gets flooded, and he's going <laughs> to mm-hmm. take that Stegosaurus out. Yeah. Do, will he? Will he short circuit though? If he gets fully uh, dunked in water, will I that... don't think so. He's designed for durability. You know, he's he's That's designed true. to take some extreme environments. So I think Ned B is is going to win in you know an underwater environment or an airless environment. I do. I do think environment is a huge factor. I think most of the time, I, like. I'm giving the Stegosaurus uh, seven seven out of ten is going to win this fight seven out of ten times. Ned B, depending on various factors, could win thirty percent of the time. Uh, see, I see. I, I think Ned B is the uh, unsung hero. Pun very much intended because he can't talk. Um, <laughs> he he is he is the one that that's going to come up on top. I see only a very few instances where where Ned B will probably fail against the Stegosaurus. I mean, he could probably see that charge coming from a long distance away, mm-hmm. and and if he do, I mean, he could probably take the hit of a charge or at least the tail because he's so you know he's he's built tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a black. It's not, yeah, it's not a blaster hitting him. It's a spike tail. So I think he could probably take at least a few hits from that tail before he, he either hops on top of it or grabs on top of it and, and, and just, just pummels it to death. You know, it's, it's, it's I think Ned B is going to have the advantage. All right. Well, uh, Jexter, Dester, go ahead and write us back and let us know if you agree or disagree with our assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think would win? And if you're listening to this show, go ahead and give us a five-star review, just like Jexter did on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Um, go ahead and, and continue to send us uh, love mail, hate mail, maybe suggestions for um, Star Trek movies or episodes that we could review or something like that. Uh, just any of your thoughts. We love to hear from you. So robosvdinos at gmail.com. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell them where they can find you online as well? Uh- uh, you can find me online, uh, just jasoncarubia.com. I haven't updated in years, but but yeah, definitely you can find me there. Um, I update things every now and then. I do have a film coming out, hopefully next year, 2023. It's going to be called Grow. It's cool. a it's a horror film, so look out for that one. Um, but yeah, actually, back to the 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 episode. I actually have a couple more big three questions. Uh, one more big three questions, if you don't oh, mind. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So we've already addressed my two big ones which is number one why does invader just destroy obi-wan the transport you know um why does he just destroy him destroy him er, the transport earlier and then he lets them escape and then the second big three question i had is you know why doesn't obi-wan kill anakin um but my third question is that why does obi-wan only see qui-gon at the end his heart wasn't balanced he uh it's kind of what Qui-Gon says. Like, I was always here. You just weren't ready to see me. Um, okay. When we see Obi-Wan at the beginning of the show, he's not balanced. He's trying to keep his distance from Luke, but ultimately we find out at the end that's that's not really working. Like, it's just, it's just making the resentment between Owen and him, the tension between them grow more and more. And the real solution is for him to close the gap and you know, actually talk to him and, um, 
Yeah, and then uh, that's a big part of it. He also, he isn't even aware that Anakin is still alive. Um, in his mind, he left him dead on Mustafar, um, and he just has been carrying around all this guilt. And because he had, because he doesn't know the truth, his mind can't be at, at peace. He he is carrying around this anxiety and this um, uh, just self loathing uh, so. for several years. And he's been, and he was disconnected. He was physically disconnected from the Force um, up until he had to use it to save Leia when she was falling. So your statement is that he didn't have this this balance in the Force. He hasn't addressed his issues. Right. Okay. So why then can Luke see Obi-Wan in and hear Obi-Wan in episode four and five and then see Lo, uh, Yoda in episode uh, six? Because Luke was not balanced in the Force throughout the entire series, episode four, five, and six. Well, uh, he... He was fulfilled at that point, though. He was. Was he at the end of episode four when he hears Obi Wan say, "Use the Force, Luke"? Yeah, he in was the, in a sense. In a sense, he barely yeah. knew the Force. Yeah, I mean, look, why, why, <laughs> <laughs> why can Ray do all of the things that she can do immediately? Like, it's you know, it's the main, it's the main character. Like, it's it's uh, he's he hit the fast forward button a little bit on their training. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, they're the main character. That's just but Obi Wan, who's done years, entire lifetimes of dedicated training, he has to wait until the end of Obi Wan Kenobi the series. I mean, it's not like well, it's not like Luke hearing Obi. I, I'd give it more credit to Obi Wan if we're really digging into it. I'd say it's it's more Obi Wan pulling off a trick than Luke. Luke is able to hear him. Right? It's this is not the same as Luke walking into Beggar's Canyon with a, a hard light projection of Obi-Wan next to him and they're just having a conversation back and forth. This is, you know, I'm focused on doing this thing and I hear the voice of my mentor talking to me from beyond the grave. And I would say that's more of like, Obi-Wan is, why is Obi-Wan able to do that than why is Luke able to hear it? Okay, so I think it's a better explanation than that he didn't have balance with the Force. I think he yeah. just, he yeah. had too many distractions and couldn't listen. Yes, appropriately i think that's was it you know that they had unresolved issues because all jedi have huge unresolved issues i think i think that makes sense if because uh qui-gon's line is that you just i was here you just you, you weren't willing to listen you know that type of thing you know that that he was still uh his mind was still preoccupied with the events of episode three yeah. uh and he still had that voice of vader in his head so he couldn't listen 100 percent to the what was force around him he also i I think in the state that Qui-Gon is in as a force ghost probably has some like enhanced powers of premonition because a lot of Jedi do have like premonition powers. Right. So he probably literally knows, um, you know, the the events of of this series have to play out before you're ready for me to teach you how to move on uh, because you have to have all of your all of your business resolved before you can move on and become a force ghost. That makes sense. A force ghost is unstuck in time, so they don't want to tell them the ending. You know, they want to make sure yeah. that they fulfill their journey and their their task. So, so yeah, he he's going to only reveal himself at the most appropriate time, not not early on before he's had his his journey. Yeah, um, that's what I think. You think then, like Qui Gon breaks the fourth wall in that aspect? You know, they're actually a part a viewer and participant. Like, is that is that 
wouldn't that be interesting if Qui-Gon turns to us and, 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 uh, and starts addressing us? What do you mean? Like, well, I mean, they're, 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 they're unstuck in, in terms of time, you know, they're, they're ghosts, they're dead. You know, they know that how the things are going to vent, they have the clairvoyance, but do they have the perception as well of, of us viewing them? You know, wouldn't it be funny though, if, if, if on top of that, you know, they start addressing the audience. <laughs> oh, so like, okay. So, so like when, uh, so like the, you're saying quite, when you become a force ghost, you become like Deadpool, like you're aware that you're in a fictional story and that's why, uh, every movie starts with a narration scroll um, exactly. t- catching us up like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That would be uh, something, like, though. Like if this narration of Star Wars is actually a force ghost telling, telling us this story. Well, you've, you've heard George Lucas's uh, quote unquote theory about this, right? No. What is the theory? Oh, that it's R2, that the whole entire saga oh. has been R2 uh, telling a new generation um the story of Star Wars, the story of the Skywalkers. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think. That's, that's why I think uh, Daddy Qui-Gon says, uh, Qui-Gon <laughs> says what he says. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. But that's Those it. That's one of my big three. Yeah, this is a fantastic series and it only leads us wanting more Star Wars. And we have to wait a little bit before we get more Star Wars. Next series to come out would be Ashoka, I believe. Um, Ahsoka and or is coming out soon. I don't know which order they're coming out in. But. Yeah, Ahsoka, we have uh, Mandalorian Season 3. That should be mm-hmm. coming out. Is it Season uh, 3 already? Yeah. Bad Batch Season 2. Yep. We've got um, the Skeleton Crew at some point. And yeah, just a lot of... A lot of Star Wars coming at you. A lot, a lot of this, a lot this of Star series Wars gave TV. us a lot of new action figures. We're getting a lot more later on. So no movies, though. No movies. Your wallets. Star Wars TV. Is that movies. true? They haven't announced any movies. I mean, they've discussed it, but I'm, I haven't. I haven't heard of any. That's really interesting. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think you're wrong. That's just really surprising. To like, I haven't really thought about that. But yeah, it's there's at least like three or four series coming soon, and no. Uh, I have. I don't know when the next movie is coming out. That's really interesting. Yeah. What a world. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh wait. Do we want to? We want to do the whole entire. Uh, uh, Louis, Louis G. In this episode, the yeah. series finale of Obi Wan Kenobi. If yes. you had a choice to replace any character with Danny yes. DeVito or Whoopi Goldberg, who would it be, Louis G? Uh, well, it's. I mean, obviously, it's got to be. Um, it's it's I, I think I already blew like blew this shot on the last episode, but it's it's uh, when they're battling on Jabim, uh, when the helmet gets cut open, it's just Danny DeVito inside of there, <laughs> and Obi Wan has been played by Whoopi the whole fight. Um, so that's where I, I think actually last time I had them switch. I think I had uh, Whoopi as Anakin, but in this one I want it to be De- DeVito in the arm in the full armor, um, and then at the end. When he slices the helmet open, you see it's DeVito under the helmet, and he's mm-hmm. actually been standing on the shoulders of, you know what? This is where Whoopi Goldberg has been the whole time. He's been standing on Whoopi Goldberg's shoulder. But she, <laughs> so she's, she's had the rest of the Vader suit and the cape on her, um, mm-hmm. and DeVito's been on her shoulders under the helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Where would you put them? Um, I, would, I would put uh, Dane DeVito probably as Palpatine. 
He just okay. pops up. He finally gets some some Danny DeVito, the tiny little Danny DeVito uh, <laughs> uh, um, a silhouette in in hologram Ford. He says, "I wonder, I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, my lord." <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps your feelings for your old master have left you weakened. You seem agitated, my friends. <laughs> have an egg. Yeah, and, and then Obi Wan just. Uh, I mean, I, I would like to see. Um, wizened Whoopi Goldberg appeared instead of Qui-Gon, yeah. you know, just to give him a little bit of that, you know, Whoopi Goldberg's ass, you know, just, just to, just to, <laughs> just to nag him a little, I've been always been around here, you know, just haven't been listening. Like, so. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So awesome. I'm glad we did that. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Overall, we didn't see any, any, any dinosaurs in this series at all, but we did see a lot of robots. So, um, I think this series answers the question that robots are cooler, uh, at least for now. Um, if you want to, if you want to hear why dinosaurs might be cooler, uh, listen to I've got like three episodes of Jurassic Park movies or Jurassic World movies uh, coming out in the next couple weeks, so you can listen to those to hear why dinosaurs are cooler. Um, but in this series, robots were cooler. Jason, what was your favorite droid in Obi Wan Kenobi? Uh, my favorite droid, I mean, Ned B would probably be my favorite droid. Yeah. Not yeah, Lola. It, not Lola, not the gonk droid. Uh, mm-hmm. it probably have to be Ned B, uh, because it, it, it just had such a, a captivating and interesting story. Uh, and, uh, it had a lot of heart, you know, a lot mm-hmm. it, for, uh, for a, a, a character that doesn't speak, it spoke volumes with action and, uh, you felt for it um, in the final scenes of it. It's it's just it's just a great great character. I have to agree. Ned B was my favorite. Um, yeah, I I am looking forward to the Ned B action figure coming out. Oh my gosh, but, I would totally uh, get. I would totally rather have a Ned B action figure than a Lola action figure. And I know it's well, kind of. A, if I could it's have kind of, like a life-sized Lola that actually flies around and like hacks into things, I would want. I would definitely want that as like a flying little. Uh, fix it friend with a removable restraining bolt yeah that'd be fun yeah um yeah, but yeah. like to, to have like a ned like a life-size real ned beef following me around just hanging out with me kind of like the way tala does and have it have like this really really central uh central ethics of of kindness care caring compassion and empathy like just just having that friend there even if they can't talk you know i think a lot of people would probably benefit for that I think you're right. I think that's I think that's the difference between like you have you live in like a house, you have a yard, um, and I live in a New York apartment. So I'm thinking of like <laughs> I could I don't have room for a Ned B, but I do, but a Lola would be very handy. I would love to have Lola around. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I would probably feel bad though having like Ned B mow my lawn or something. Or <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple boulders in the back that need to be moved, but I, I, I feel like Ned B. It's not like I, who knows what Ned B. wants out of you know like what you could give him in exchange for I, I think doing odd jobs. But I feel like there's like some sort of compromise you could work out with Ned B. Like you know I'll do I'll do maintenance on you. I'll make sure you know your you get well, your parts upgraded and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Leia's cousin called them lesser life forms, but droids. I mean, to us in our understanding, they should have rights. Droid rights. Yeah, yeah. And, they should get paid for their labor. 
Yeah. And, and I would give him appropriate room and board and, and housing and power and, and, and treated with kindness and respect. Uh, and, and, uh, but if he decides to leave, that is his choice, you know, or their choice. I'm not sure they'd be gendered male or female, but I would, I would embrace that. Uh, I, I, I do think Ned B should, would be a fine companion. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So that is our coverage of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, like I said, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you get all the episodes of Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Um, so, Jason, you'll probably... Well, actually, no. We have an unreleased episode uh, with you um, uh coming out soon it's the movie is the ice pirates and it's an episode we need hate mail on yes so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make sure you subscribe so you know the moment that comes out that's coming very soon and jason will probably be back very soon again um i'll probably we might be covering Andor. we might be covering ahsoka uh depends on depends on how robot droid heavy those those shows are or and, we and just we, want to do it. And we, we probably, probably do, so. we probably should cover Jurassic World Dominion. I mean, it probably should be covered. Um, if anyone of our audience oh, that, has coming, yeah, that's coming. Yeah, if anyone of the audience hasn't seen it yet, go out and see it now while it's still in theaters um, before the end of the Fourth of, of July weekend, mm-hmm. um, so you can be prepared for the robust versus dinosaurs analysis of it. Yes, we do. We've already recorded an episode on that. Uh, we've got that coming out. Um, actually, I think today. Whoa! So when you're, if you're listening to this episode, that Jurassic World Dominion uh, episode should be out along with an episode covering Jurassic World, the first first Jurassic World, and the Lost World Jurassic Park. Um, so yeah, make sure you subscribe so you can get all the episodes. Make sure you write in robosbdinosaurgmail.com, and we'll see you later. May the force be with you. Jason, say goodbye. Oh, uh, uh, goodbye. <laughs> I didn't have anything clever to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me like, go with Rick on that. Let me see if I can find something clever to say. Hold on a second. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, like Obi-Wan, I'm going to say, now, now you're free. We both are, but we're not really free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Darth Maul survived. He has robot legs. And then real legs later because of magic. Hello there. Hello there. I wish I could say more, but you'll have to subscribe to Disney Plus and watch the rest of the saga. Dick move, Obi-Wan. I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, Lord Vader. Lola! I wasn't going to give you a blaster, Leia. You're 10 years old. (laughs) Get her the ladder. Break the glass ceiling. Let's go. Get her the ladder. Do as she says. Would be cooler than one lightsaber two lightsabers. You grow too aggressive, Anakin. Be mindful. A Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. This kind of little rascal's moment. Rebellions are built on hope. I'm surprised uh, that they didn't catch her. They should have just waited under the bridge. Your Jedi mind tricks don't work on Tordarian. Hello, Governor. It's a Star Wars podcast, isn't it? Oh, hello, mate. Welcome to the Star Wars podcast with robots versus dinosaurs. Oh, it's robots versus dinosaurs, is he? Are you just asking for hate mail right now? That's- You're supposed to be my brother-in-law, Anakin. We were going to go to family business together, Anakin. I would have seen you at the reunion, Anakin. Gong, 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 gong.